You're listening to Mostly Technical, which is brought to you by Lara Jobs, the official Laravel job board, and screencasting.com, where you can learn how to create high-quality screencasts faster than ever. Now, Ian and Aaron. Hello. Hello, good sir. What's going on? Oh, the usual. Um, you know, this is the only... This is, I think, the only time in the past like three or four weeks that I get on the computer is to talk to you. That's it. Wow. <laughs> that's Isn't that that's crazy? awesome. Yeah. I'm glad I'm it keeping you so, in the loop. Yeah, it is so weird. I spent a lot of time, you know, on my phone, of course, but I like rarely ever do anything on the computer right now in my efforts to to rest. And it's yep. just it feels so weird. <sighs> yeah. It's it's hard to be off the computer. Like it's just so natural instinct to go to it so it's kind of uh amazing that you've managed to stay off it in your effort yeah to rest. and the the bad thing is there are things that i feel like i can only do on my computer which right. is like you know process emails and respond to people and so i'm mm-hmm. just having you know just not really doing that which is not right. great but i'm like ah, I'll, do, I'll do that when i get on my computer and then all week i don't get on my computer so i think it's understandable so waiting on a response from me sorry about that you got a lot going on i got a lot going on there was a picture on the on twitter the other day of you with two babies crashed oh, out so i think totally zonked in that zone yeah that, they were both they were both crying it was sunday afternoon they were both crying both crying jennifer was napping the big kids were napping and so i just like i had to scoop them both up so you pick one up take them to the other baby's crib and then you kind of like scoop them both up together kind of like press <laughs> them into great. each other and scoop them up and then you uh, go sit down in the chair and yeah fell asleep so still firmly in it for sure were they uh, still crying when you fell asleep or you managed to get them to stop no to stop i managed crying. to get them to stop crying okay. yeah the rocking and the holding right. managed to get them to stop crying so you know you don't want to train them to like only fall asleep when you hold them yeah. but some days it's like Y'all just gotta, y'all need to nap. I know. We went through a bunch of different phases of that. We were like on the, let them cry it out with the oldest for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that was the best advice we got in the end. Like by the third <laughs> one, we were like, nah, that's stupid. Like, let's just yeah. like keep this kid happy because I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know. I just don't know if it really works in the way of the promise of it all. Like in reality, yeah. like the baby wants you because like the baby needs you. And yeah, like pretending the baby doesn't need you. I don't know if that really works out so well, really. So, so uh, the, the best yeah. thing the best thing we ever did, and if anyone is about to have a kid, you should do this too, is a course called Taking mm. Care of Babies. Ooh. And the woman's name is Kara, C-A-R-A. So it's Taking Care of Babies. Uh, and it, uh, like, it is, it is a lifesaver. It just teaches mm. you basically, like, how to sue the baby, how to help them learn how to fall back asleep on their own, like, a system for... Uh, when you go in like what you should do and how long you should soothe them and that sort of thing it's just amazing so taking care of babies look it up it's it's wonderful and i found out somebody messaged me because i had talked about it on twitter and some guy messaged me and was like hey thanks for your laricon talk i really appreciated it by the way i'm a laravel dev and my i work at a place called taking care of babies and so if you need free access and i was like no, I, I use taking care. Of, I already bought it. It's amazing. This is wild. So yeah, I, I know. I was a super small world that uh, Laravel Dev messaged me on LinkedIn about it. So I thought that was kind of cool. 
Man, I love small world stuff. That's like some of my favorite, like just things in the whole world, the small world stuff. Like, yeah, I haven't had one of those moments in quite some time. I need a small world moment to hit me here soon. The, Somebody uh, reach out to Ian with a small world yeah. moment. He's he's in desperate need. Just artificially run into me somewhere. Like, yeah, fly, fly to <laughs> yeah. Poughkeepsie and bump into me by accident. Yeah, exactly. That, I remember having so we're, like to... we're doing all right. Good. That's what I like to hear. Um, yeah. You're surviving. You got four kids. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be four kids. It's gonna so be a little kids. rough for a little while. It's gonna be a little rough. Everyone's a little bit sick right now, myself included. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, just keeps the the hits just keep coming, man. <laughs> oh man. Well, all right. So I got I got a fun one at yeah. the top okay. before we get into before we get into real topics. Okay, good. Um. Yeah. So I was thinking, um. I we always you know we always start the show with like hey how's it going hey how's it going there's a greeting there's a greeting that I don't use as much anymore but I used Mm. to use it all the time and half the time it would like really confuse people and half the time it was totally fine and the greeting is what's the good word okay you ever use this have you ever used this (laughs) as a greeting no That's it. That's the whole greeting. Like that's Somebody walks up, in. Something upbringing thing there. Like. <laughs> Somebody walks in and you say, "What's the good word?" And you know, some people treat it as like, "What's what's going on?" Or like, "How's yeah. how's it going?" I did have I did have some friends that would just look at me and say, "I don't know how to respond to that." <laughs> <laughs> so I think in New York, I have used and I've definitely heard like, "What's the word?" What's the word? Okay, what's that's the, the word? same. That's the same. Uh, the good adds like a whole different connotation to me. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. That's, a total, that's totally All the right. same thing. Okay. Then I have. So I've, what's, I've what's the that. word? And yeah, how do you respond? Word. When somebody said, what, what's the word? How do you respond? I mean, I think it's a similar because it's just like, it is like, I treat it like what's going on. Like, yeah. you know, what's the word on the street? Like, that's how it would really be. Uh, like, okay, what's the I word like on that, the street? Yeah. You know, what are you hearing out there? What's, you know, what's going on in the streets? But now people don't go in the streets. But in the 70s, like you went in the streets. So yeah. It's like a very seventies phrase to me of like. It's cool. I like it. It's got a cool vibe. It does have a good vibe. I like the other one. The other one, and this I learned from my grandpa. He would always, when we would go over there, he would always say, "What do you say, little A?" Because I was the youngest, (laughs) and you know, my name's Aaron. He would always say, "What do you say, little A?" And I never like. I, you know what do you say to, i don't know my response was always i say it grandpa and that was it what do you say little a i say it grandpa and so i you know that's that's often a greeting i will use as well somebody will walk in i'll say hey what do you say and i'm like what, what do you I, mean I like, what, what do, you do i say like what, do you what do you say, say? That's is cool one. that's a great yeah. one i think that there's a line in um heat i don't know if you ever watched the movie heat yeah one time heat yeah you gotta watch it like at least another great movie times. great movie um, one of my favorites, top five. But there is a line where Al Pacino's like, I think he says like, he's like, "What do you say? What do you say?" or something like mm-hmm. that at one point. So yeah, I'm, I'm down with what do you say. Uh, there is, I am also down with the whole idea of like when I'm a grandpa, just saying crazy shit to little oh, kids yeah, and totally. babies, like, and because what do you have to say to them anyway? Like, I don't, I can't relate to you, so I'm just gonna say weird yeah. shit to you. Like now I understand why we, they should have weird shit to us because it's like, yes, I can barely relate to my own kids, like the next generation out we have no idea what's no going chance on, yeah right and so it's just like oh, i'm just gonna say crazy shit and give them five dollars and like do, exactly do yes like yeah. say what That's... do you say little a like oh, yeah <laughs> I, still, I still it's endearing i still remember it yeah exactly that's the kind of stuff you remember there was a there. show there's a show that we used to watch a lot called the prophet and it was with marcus limonis and it was like oh, a yeah. business show yeah, and yeah. one time he walked into a, a business and he said what's the good word 
and I oh, freaked man. out. I freaked out. I paused it. I rewound it. I recorded it on Snapchat oh, and sent wow. it to all my friends. I was like, look, this is normal. People say this. Wow. Is I know. He from the that same crazy? area as you? Maybe he's from Texas. Are you from Texas? Are you actually from no, Texas? I am from Texas. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he is. I think he's, mm, just I think he's from somewhere. Yeah. The Northeast, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's the first person I've actually, there's proof. What's the yeah. good word? It's real. Not just your own made up weird thing. No, not just my own my own made up stuff. So there you go. Like, there's my random. There's my random top of the show. I like it. I think one of the, it's like one of those. Um, we didn't we just take like one of those tests recently where it was like I think it was you and me doing this. Maybe it was another person, but um, where it's like you know you like get a, bring a bunch of questions and like um you know they figure out where you're from based uh-huh. on your answers to like do you know the they sound like you're slaying or, and stuff yeah 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 stuff like that they gotta add what's the good word in there so i would like to see a map yeah i just don't know just i just don't know how is. to triangulate it i, right. I don't know <laughs> i don't think you can do it on a personal it. level you're gonna have we need the yeah. experts on this one but yeah maybe no that there. was not me sounds fun though maybe sounds like a blast wish yeah wish i could have been there yeah yeah i should dig it up too bad new york times quiz thing or something it was one of those sites that was like yeah answer 20 questions and those always go around at Thanksgiving when they're like, what do you call the the stuff inside the turkey? And it's like stuffing, cornbread, dressing, right. yeah, exactly. like stuff it was like that. Those yeah. things, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, we got a little feedback. Oh, right. Thomas Weber sent us an email. Loves the podcast. Thank you, Thomas. Um, but two questions. Um, so what kind of methodology and tools do you use in your respective work for software development? Um, so how do you plan which features or aspects the team works on, um, sprints and cycles, uh, and like Trello Basecamp are similar. So I don't know. What do you, do you have like your go-to tools when you're building something? Yeah. So I'm not in a, I'm not in that kind of position at Planet Scale anymore. Um, but I was, you know, for many, many years at yeah. a property tax company and we relied heavily on Basecamp. Um, mm. and I mean, that that's basically it we were all in slack there were maybe only including me four or five developers so it wasn't a very big team um and i was the one that like took all of the requirements from the business and Mm. like translated them into actual you know solutions that we would build um because the the ceo would love to come with me come to me with solutions and i'm like what is the problem you're trying to solve here and i'm like oh there's there, this is no there's a 10 times easier way to do that um so we used we used basecamp and found it extremely easy to use and helpful um mm. personally i don't really keep track of that stuff i don't have any really big ongoing projects right now um mm. where i need active development um but i have used trello in the past but you know, we use Trello for this podcast and it's perfect for that. And then my other tools are just PHP Storm, Herd, all the standard right down the middle, Laravel stuff. I'm not a big like, I think we've talked about this before. I'm not a big like, you know, customize my setup, dot files, NeoVim. Right. I'm pretty vanilla. I'm pretty like right down the middle, just kind of get stuff done. So yeah, you've got a big team. What's your setup? I mean, I don't actually have a big team, but I have a team. But um. Yeah, so I mean, we've done all different things. I don't even have a structure I like right now, to be honest with you. Like, we've done Trello, um, which was fine, but I, something's always off to me about Trello. Like, for what we use it for, it's great. There's like two columns, and I can mm-hmm. deal with it, and it's fine. But when you get into like, there's a bunch of columns and storing lots of stuff, and it's, I don't know, like, 
Dave, the producer of this podcast, he he loves the Trello, but for me, I find it I want to like it more than I actually like it. Um, mm-hmm. But and then uh, right now I'm in linear, uh, but I'm not even oh, really yeah. using it. Like I've logged some stuff in linear for the kind of big next gen help spot stuff. It's more a place I dump some ideas because like maybe I want to use this, but then I don't think I want to use it. So there's just ideas. Linear is cool. It is cool. I don't know. Then they had that database <laughs> issue recently and they didn't have backups. And I'm like, how do you not backups of this big tool? So that was weird. Yeah. Um, so, and then like what the core thing right now, I use just GitHub issues, like yeah. write it up in GitHub issues and then like you can close it out from there and all that stuff. Um, but I don't know. I'm also in the, in terms of the big project I'm actually on right now, I'm still kind of in the, I don't like, I'm a like, uh, we, we have the two types of writers, right? You have the like, the outliner and the gardener mm-hmm. or whatever i'm the gardener when it comes to software like i can't pre-plan a big project like oh, out. interesting i need to like feel it out i need to see the ui i need to like rip it all out do it again this is not the efficient way to do things for sure but it's just like how i like to operate so i'm not quite there yet we're getting there as when it gets a little bit farther along i'll be ready to like be like okay like i got the lay land and now i could probably like structure more of it and outline more of it and put things whether it's in github issues or trello or some other tool like i could write up like what each thing is supposed to do but at the earlier stages i can't really do that um where, like where, where does this outline but... outline gardener thing come from i like oh, this this. Is, this is like a really known thing actually if you look it up it's like a for like novel writers there's like the outliners like oh. so one of my favorite writers brandon sanderson he's a fantasy writer and he uh, is a huge outliner so he's like everything's outlined um and then he's mm. just like you know so all the major plot beats and everything that happens and it's all structured and then he's just you know he's obviously like writing the actual sort of interactions and uh you know um just the dialogue the, the actual words dialogue and whatnot yes yeah, so there you go um but but he knows everything that's gonna happen basically i'm sure there's whatever as he gets in there i think he does change stuff but he's got got it very planned out and you have like um the gardener like george R. R. martin if you're familiar with game of thrones like he's also a fantasy writer and he writes um the gardener style where he's like just kind of going out there and i think he does of course have you know some rough outline of where things are going but he's also like goes with it when he gets taken another direction and things like that so yeah cool i like that yeah that's kind of a useful thing to think about yourself in different ways like and to me Mm -hmm. software is very much like being a novelist or any type of artistic pursuit i find it very artistically oriented um so yeah um i had one other question here uh touching on the subject of once um uh, so i guess this is more for me how do you handle on-prem installations of your customers at HelpSpot? uh how is it implemented architectural level uh and what percentage of customers are on-prem and uh tricks and experiences of that so um yeah so HelpSpot is the on-prem version of HelpSpot is kind of a standard php app you just download it install it there's a little installer that runs it's not quite as fancy as the once app um where there's like a one command to install it um that's something kind of interesting time-wise i don't really have the time to kind of get into that right now but we have thought about some things along those lines uh HelpSpot is also like download it do you download a a zip of like the whole project yeah like well yeah you actually download like a zip of the files and then you put them in a spot and then there's instructions and it's kind of a little more older school than uh not all automated but also because you know once as we talked about is like taking a ultra narrow focus right um 
where HelpSpot isn't that. So like HelpSpot can run on Windows or it can run on Linux or it can run on, and it can run on, you know, MySQL or it can run on Microsoft SQL Server. So there's like just more mm. setup and involved in that than, uh, you know, and some of it could be automated, but also sometimes people need to install the components, which some of that, can't, especially on Windows, like can't be as automated um, or if they have to do stuff in IIS and whatever. So we actually did for a long time have a Windows installer that would automate a lot of that stuff for people. Um, but in the end, like actually just in the last year or so, we got rid of that because it's actually more hassle than it's worth. And then people God, that can't. is so far outside of anything I've ever done. Build a Windows <laughs> installer for a PHP. It's sort app. of grim. That's um, wild. But for a while, it was fine because like the Windows people didn't know anything about PHP, and so it was like we'll handle the PHP right. stuff for you, so you don't really have to think about that. But now, like Windows, you know, Microsoft has embraced PHP more, and so the, there's more experience out there in general with it. And so it's like, and the, it's just gotten easier to install in general. So it's like, yeah, let's just like do the old school. It's like a list of stuff you have to do if you don't have these things set up. Like you have to set them up, but then you do and you manage it because you're an IT server administrator, and that's what you do. Um, which is also one of the problems we had, like when it was just in our installer, and we're like configuring your IIS and installing PHP. You know, if there's like a security release of PHP, like now we have to like make sure we're like instantly have a new installer and things like that. Or people just want to make a change to the configuration, but now it's not clear how they would do that because like we've set it up. No. So this way they can just set it up. I'm out. They can control it on their end and they can do whatever they want. Or if they want to not upgrade PHP um, and they want to run an older version for a while, then they can like whatever, they're fully in control. So that's where that kind of works um, for us. But HelpSpot is, you know, very enterprisey, and it's um, at this point the on-premise version is only going to be for people, as we've talked about many times, who have real IT administrators and want to do that for some actual reason. So again, like asking them to do a couple steps there is not unreasonable. Um, it's, ne it's never a reason like why somebody does or doesn't buy HelpSpot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the uh, percentage of on-prem for us is like I don't know, percentage of new sales is you know maybe like twenty percent or less than twenty percent, um, probably less at this point. Overall, is higher just because we have customers who've been on-prem for a long time, but it's still probably now at more like 30%, something like that. So um, thanks, Thomas, for the feedback. We do read all your emails. See that? So yes, email us. we, the two of us, do. Yes, definitely. Do. <laughs> when Justin both, builds both us our equally. tool to yeah. organize this. So other other feedback I forgot about Ben Ornstein, a uh, friend of the pod, yeah. replied on Twitter and said, this is the worst idea I've ever heard about our amazing idea that we gave away to the people. What's up with that? We're giving away. We're like, we're not like benevol benevolent dictators <laughs> giving away bread and circuses. And he's like, this is a terrible idea. He didn't like our idea. He hated it. He did hate it. So he had some, you know, he had some good points. Um, yeah. And he's a smart guy, so I'm inclined to to believe him. Um, but yeah, there were some there were some there was some feedback about the idea, which is like uh, project management built into Transistor, basically. Um, what what was his main what was his main beef? Do you remember? Um, I think it was just like that. He didn't think it was something people would pay for. It's kind of like the yeah. main beef. Um, and I don't actually disagree. I mean, to me, it's more like the type of thing. It's like the Steve Jobs ism of like, is it a feature or is it a product? Like, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I was coming from the like, I want this in transistor aspect, mm -hmm. even if I didn't, I might not have actually said that. But, um, but yeah, is it a freestanding app? Again, like everybody's bars are different too. Like, you know, in America, where we're thinking of is like, can I make this yeah. into like a million dollar a year business? Right. Like that's kind of mm -hmm. like a bar you're trying to get to or 
or maybe it's like half a million or whatever, like enough where I could hire someone maybe and like things like that. Like, can I get to a certain self-sustaining level? But, you know, there's other countries where that you don't need that much money. And so there are there are some variables in there. But um, but I like it more as a feature of some other type of product. Like, yeah, you know, where you podcast host, um, and you're kind of locked in there, which is always a great business feature. And then but hey, there's other things we need to run this podcast besides just hosting. And maybe they could do some of those things. But I don't know if it's actually you know, yeah. whatever. Obviously, they're the experts. I've given this 10 seconds of thought. But I do think it would be handy to have some more features. Yeah, you, you get you get what podcast. you pay for here on the pod. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> the right. ideas the ideas are worth what you pay for. I don't know if you should just run out and build things we say you should build. Like we might tell you to build something, but you shouldn't necessarily do it. It's like how we play doctors on here too. Like we might tell you yes, some doctors exactly. things, but you shouldn't necessarily go out and inject yourself with something. Uh, honestly, you, you probably shouldn't listen to us at all. <laughs> don't don't do that's don't do anything bet. we say. Honestly, just turn this off right now. Like that's yeah. Be your if, best if you bet. if you start telling your friends what's the good word like i'm not responsible for that <laughs> yeah, if, if they make fun of, of you that is not my fault honestly you're an outcast freak after this listen to yeah this exactly like, that's that's on you the other uh, uh the other person that chimed in was arvid call and he was like no oh, this makes sense to add into Podline." and i was like yeah right. that makes a lot of sense because he's doing the call-in thing but like oh. i don't i don't want to do a call-in like i don't I don't want to do a call-in thing for this show because then you got to figure out how to splice in the yeah. audio and like give me like a like you said an inbox to manage it and it's, it makes a lot of sense for him to be like you can call in or you can email in and while we're here let's do some other features but who knows who knows what he's up to yeah I think there's been a few of those podcast call-in things mm-hmm. I don't know it's kind of weird though I guess uh, I guess for randos the call-in is kind of interesting versus like in Riverside like we could send a link to somebody and have them join us as we've done but i guess the call yeah. like a true call-in show is a little bit different yeah um, Startups for the rest of us has call-in questions yeah hmm. call-in questions like oh it's like they just they, they they listen to it it's recorded i take it yeah it's like a voicemail yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. yeah see that business seems a little that's like a very narrow scope there yeah yeah but I, I like his other thing which is like the podcast yeah uh, super cool yeah ai you know looking pod for your scan brand mentions the other one yeah pod scan like that that seems to me like that's got some potential there yeah so um, for for the edification of the listener arvid is working on he started with Podline, which is this like call-in show and then he's like kind of half pivoted to pod scan maybe podscan.fm who knows dave you can find that for the show notes good luck um and this one like ingests every single podcast that is published and transcribes it and allows you to scan for like brand mentions or competitor mentions or your name or something like that. Um, like minutes after the podcast is released and it'll like send you an email. Um, so there are tools like this, you know, for Reddit and for Hacker News and stuff. But this is the first I've heard of it for um, podcasting, which is really interesting and sounds like a ton of data, but he's making it work. Don't you think this is to me always this is one of my very first businesses that I started and half built and never finished. Um, mm. But I love these idea of businesses that are like data driven. Like, like there's some pile of data. Oh, there's a pile of government data. Great. There's a website. Government there's a data. bunch of podcasts, right? Yeah, yes. It's like, somebody's done all the hard work and I can just put this thin veneer over top of yes. it and make it into something Dude, useful and awesome. Like um, Government yeah. data is a freaking gold so, mine. So I don't, you, I don't want to, I don't want to make it reductive, but Geocodio, mm. um, which is a friend of the Laravel community, uh, Michelle and Matthias Hansen, um, Geocodio, this is very reductive, is just a layer over 
public data. Like it's a geocoding service and they do yeah. a ton of work, of course, but it's just a layer think, over yeah, public a lot data. Of clean, cleaning and like lot or, of cleaning. that in multiple countries and all that stuff. Yes. It's like, but that's all the, the, the terrible part, right? Like they're doing yes, the terrible exactly. part. Like exactly. you can go to and the USPS we, uh, website and run uh address look up certification then, yes right but now there's all these other terrible parts of it that they handle yeah and they combine like congressional districts and stuff like that um yeah. when when we so back at the property tax company we would buy data from one of these providers yeah. um because in texas there are 254 counties and we would buy normalized data each county is responsible for releasing their own property and property tax data yeah. And it's all different, of course. Of course, right. it's all different. It all yeah. sucks. And so there was a company, there were actually two or three companies that would sit on top of all of that and take the the public dumps that you can just download from DCAD, which is Dallas County Central Appraisal District, um, and they would normalize them and resell them to us for like yep. $500 to $1,000 a county. Yep. And one of them- Oh, a um, county. Wow. That's a crazy. county. We would pay them, wow. you know, we would buy for our 10 major yeah. counties and we would, we would pay them $10,000 twice a year. Mm. Um, wow. And one of these companies just, you know, in the past few years got bought by Ryan um, LLC, which is a, a big state and local um, accounting firm. So they just like mm. they sold out and they made it. But yeah, there's freaking and it's just it's just so like it's so tempting to be like, I'm going to download this, you know, six gigabyte CSV and turn right. it into something usable. Yeah. There's it's a guy, there's, there's a, actually a guy. Mm. Oh, shoot. What is his name? I forget. There's a guy in Tiny Seed that does this for like, um uh like foreclosures and he like sells oh. the the foreclosure data um to somebody and i forget who but yeah this is such a great like archetype I, I, so it's, yeah just always yeah tingles me i'm like oh that's a business where it's just like there's all this data out there and i'm just gonna do something with it and it is hard because like if you don't if it's not if the data is too good already like that's like not a very Correct. defensible business and then yeah um, so you need something hard enough, but at the same time, if it's too hard, now you're just collecting data and that's a whole terrible thing. Right. You want to use the raw data, but like, like Geocodio is like a perfect example. It's like they, there's a lot of raw data, but it's all kind of crappy. So they uncrappify yep. it and that's a lot of work. And so now that's valuable. Um, yep. so yeah, that's, that's all. And all often you, you end up selling to normies. M yeah. Most of the time you sell to like normal businesses. Like who wants to buy property tax data? Mostly. Right you know, real estate agents and banks and insurance people and stuff like that. But we have a thing. I mean, we do this ourselves. It's very, it's interesting. So all our like back office systems that run the store for HelpSpot are like predate Stripe and all this stuff. And they've been updated. And actually Eric, who um, still works at Parts Laravel News, Eric um, still manages our back office store that just got rebuilt last year again um, for like the third or fourth iteration. But so we have to collect sales tax in like three or four states, oh. whatever it is. And we just download a county sales tax. We we buy a you know aggregation of all the sales tax rates in every county in some cities in the country, and we just feed that into this back office system, and that's how we do sales tax. Um, and so every year I have to like I'm probably supposed to do it more than every year, but every year or so I just buy this again and yep. update it with the latest sales tax info. Um, yeah, and it is like interesting because it's like, well, I pay this people like three or four hundred bucks or whatever. It's like, yeah, Stripe does that now, but Stripe wants like you know a half a percent, so now yeah. it's like way more than four hundred bucks. So for am sure. I gonna pay Stripe like for the convenience? Is the convenience worth thousands of dollars a year? I don't know. So like, still in the old school setup for now. I did. I did one of these. I tried one of these businesses. Also, it was um, 
licensing data. So for like mm. electricians and plumbers oh. and dentists and CPAs, all of that data, um, at least in Texas, is publicly available. Mm. And it tells you when the license needs to be renewed. Um, for some of them, it tells you um, if the continuing education has been completed or not. And so I, you know, ingested it all and made it all searchable and cleaned it all up. And then I started like I did the whole thing. I like cold emailed a bunch of plumbing companies mm. and was like, hey, I've got all of, you know, I can monitor your licenses for you so you don't get in legal trouble. And I think I got like two customers at $50 <laughs> a month. And it was like a freaking slog. Yeah. And and then I just was like, this is this is not worth it. But Hard it's, to sell those it's so tempting. Yeah, it is so tempting. I do love those businesses. It was fun. It would just like every night it would check the the Texas oh, website, data. download it, parse it, oh, send an email. And I was like, that's it. That's the whole business. I don't even <laughs> need a so website. Great. Just yeah. runs itself. Now, yeah. see, if you could have automated the like outreach part and really got I that. Know. Then it doesn't matter. Like even if you're just adding a couple of months, who cares? I like know. over time it just builds up. But um, yeah. It's hard to reach those kind of businesses. Like it not, is. It really is. Deal with for, and like, some of them were just like, yeah, we don't really care. Like the license yeah. is expired and we don't really care. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, too. that's not like, great. Every couple of years we just like figure out who's expired and exactly. deal with it. Like, oh, dang it. This isn't going to work. Yep. Oh, man. All right. What do we want to do here? Yeah, All right. What's next? Some, some real topics. I guess let's just do this one one quick one. Um, Laracon US tickets uh on sale now. So on sale now on US tickets. Hopefully uh I will be there. My oldest might be going to college, in which case I won't be there. But um that would be a travesty. Be that would be a travesty. I bought tickets. Doesn't he want to so. do a gap year or something? Make him do a gap year. Go take yourself to college. Whatever. Here's, yeah, just go like, bucks, buy a ticket. Walk around Europe or something. Yeah. Whatever people do in gap years. What do I know? You should do a gap year, yeah. So you what's the what's the likelihood? Bit, Not of a gap think, year of you being there. I think it's high, but okay. you know, it's August 27th, 28th. A few of the schools he's applied to last year did have their first days, their drop-off days on those dates. So we'll see. But obviously it's all, it changes every year because it's like when the weekend falls, whatever. And right. sometimes they just randomly change it. So, and there's huge, a huge variance. Like some of the schools were like August 15th and some of the schools are like September, you know, 4th oh or whatever. So it's not like standardized or anything. So but my plan is to be there. The user escape crew will be there for sure. Um, and I'll be there 90% to be there. Even if I can just fly in fine. Like if I, if it's on the first day, I could always fly in and make the second day. So yeah. We will see. Um, well, I hope you make it. I hope so too. Um, all right. Caleb, uh, Forgio just released some blade videos as part of the, uh, live wire, um, kind of training video series, mm -hmm. uh, which I love. Definitely. You should all go buy that. It's super good. Um, if you're going to do live wire, just like mandatory purchase because it's just going to save you so much time. Um, but uh, but yeah, he just released a Blade one. It's not, not really live wire at all. It's just about Blade. But uh, I, I think it's super useful because again, I think there is, if you're using live wire deeply, like Blade and live wire, there's a lot you have to kind of understand the same there. Yeah. Yeah. That, of how they overlap and where you should use one and the other. And um, the vast majority of time, like where you think you need a live wire component, like you can very often just use a Blade component. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what you should do because it just makes the mental model of everything much simpler if you're not thinking about like these 20 yep. nested live wire components and the data they're passing around and all that stuff, even though that stuff has gotten much better in live wire three. So it is much better if you have to do that, but you should generally avoid doing that if you can. 
Um, so I think that's obviously why he's doing this is like to really highlight how you use components well and um, to avoid needing to use them, uh, use Livewire components instead of just a regular old vanilla Blade component. Um, but yeah, there's already some cool things there. And uh, I've only watched. Have like, you already half watched them? I watched like half of it. Yeah. What? This morning I watched like half of them. I but, thought uh, he released it today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right on it. Oh man, think, we got um, a super fan over, over here. Big business thing and just sitting around smoking yeah. cigars. No, I'm smoking in the streets. cigars wearing a top hat. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I'd love a top hat, man. Top hat is high on my list of things I would really enjoy. You should get a top hat. What's having. stopping you? Me and my son, uh, my oldest son, we, over the weekend, we watched a, a documentary from PBS on the building of the Eiffel Tower. And at one point, there was this old photo in there. And everybody had a top hat it was and they're all like basically the same hot top hat except i mean it's like 100 people they all have top hats you know men obviously and one guy has a bowler hat and one guy has a top hat that's like tan or white um but everybody else just has a black top hat and it's awesome all right so here's the deal you fly out to lyricon yeah. We do a live recording of the Mostly Technical Podcast on stage, and yeah. we'll both wear top hats and oh, smoke cigars. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I wonder if we get away with it. It's Texas. We could probably get away with smoking it's cigars. It's Texas. Inside. We can do whatever we want. We, we can shoot each other in the face on stage, and it would be fine. <laughs> oh, it's Texas, baby. Woo! That's right. That's right. All right. That's a deal. I like that plan. Top hats. Top hats for the uh, for the pod. Um, uh so the videos are good i think that's that's what happened videos are good Go buy the videos. Yeah, so videos are good <laughs> nothing much else to say really there but videos are good i love it and then the next series he's doing is the one on spas which i'm super excited for because mm. everything i'm building is live wire spa and i'm sure you know i'm there there are a few little quirks i already found and you gotta deal with which is not too bad um but i'm sure he'll have some big insights there from the inside so i'm very lucky he's cranking them out man he is yeah he's working working hard stuff's happening over there in live wire land so um yeah it's really cool and he sent an email about it too which is nice like, like he's in the zone he's like making the content letting people know about marketing it. guy marketing stuff's good happening. yeah i thought that's a job, big Caleb. email newsletter i don't i don't i've tried like five times to build up an email list but it just doesn't stick for me i don't know you, you have an email yeah list? no i mean yes but i don't think but i've ever really. sent an email yeah, yeah. so ugh. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel that way too. I feel like, you know, with the platform wars and the algorithms, email is still the last safe haven. And I just feel like I really need to do that as I embrace my, you know, my creator era. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't quite cracked that nut yet, but I I think, I think I'm, I think I'm going to put some energy towards that because it does seem like the, the right thing to do. Yeah, I feel like you especially have some stuff I feel like you could hang it off of. Although you have a number mm-hmm. of things, which is also then that that is always one of my problems. Like it's kind of tricky because like if you have a yep. number of things, that's sort of weird too. It's not just like the ultra focused. I'm only talking about this and it's, right. we're all in yes. on this one topic and everybody's on board and the train's going this right. way. It's like yeah, you well, kind of have to like stuff, me. I do the other thing. Like, and like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's the me newsletter, which then that's kind of like what the podcast is. So I don't know. It's like right. I would like to have some i don't know it's like about help spots like b2b apps not like a great thing to build that around nah, below. that doesn't move me yeah yeah exactly like you're not signed up for that so whatever it's another thing i will never properly accomplish yeah, um it's okay. you've, you've got a lot you've got a lot you've accomplished yeah more to do. um all right let's go from there to uh inertia versus live wire so mm-hmm. taylor recently tweeted again 
uh, just as a just as a reminder was his text, and then it was a quote tweet of himself, which is just a total power move. A quote tweet of himself <laughs> that was like, "Reminder: It's not inertia versus live wire, and like they're not enemies; they're friends." Um, right. So, uh, to set the stage, live wire is you know live view Rails Turbo, uh, HTMX. That's that kind of technology. Inertia is for more JavaScript centric. Um, you can have an SPA without having to go full SPA and you still have backend routes that sends data to the front end SPA. So you would pair it with something like Vue or React. So that's that's the context. My question, my first question for you is, did something mm. happen recently <clears throat> where Taylor felt like he needed to remind everyone? I was wondering did, that did, when did I, I saw something? that tweet. I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I would guess yes, right? Because <laughs> he's tweeting right, it. Gotta so, presumably, be. so presumably yes, but I have to say I didn't like really see anything in particular where I was yeah. like, oh, like people are thrown down in the streets over uh, uh, nice. inertia or live wire or any of that. So I haven't seen anything, but I'm not always 100% on top of that stuff. So um, yeah, but it is a good reminder regardless that they kind of it work is. together. Um, yeah, I mean, the inertia is fine. Like, I don't like it nearly as much as Livewire. <laughs> but uh, but if you're if you're all in, I'd, see, I think it is full SPA. It's still full SPA. If you're using inertia, it you is. are all in on SPA. It's just that, like, yes. it's simpler. So you have the connector, and it knows right. some stuff about Laravel. But even, even though it's Laravel agnostic, I think. Um, it is. But yeah, but there it's, are It's a protocol, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for the different frameworks. So, um. So yeah, if you're in JavaScript land and then uh, you want to go that route, which I mean has its benefits as we've talked about before. I mean the the component story, especially right. of uh, that end of the world, is far superior to Livewire still. So, um, but there are some stuff out there. I was just playing the other day with the Mary UI, which is mm -hmm. kind of an interesting little Livewire um, uh, component library and has some cool stuff. It's like still definitely like in heavy development and. It is one of these challenges all these component libraries have, which is like, how much do you like design it or not design it? Yep. And if it is designed, like, how do you customize that? And all those things are, are the individual components you can just suck in two of them, or is it you got to take the whole thing because there's uh, interconnectedness and stuff like that? So uh, there was a couple little quirks to it, but it, it is kind of interesting if you're in that world. And then, um, I, you know, I don't know, it's like, like a super top secret that like Caleb's working on component stuff also so mm -hmm. um so i think all that story over the next year is going to get a lot better in livewire uh as well but i think um, so i would like to see people do more commercial components too hopefully as it builds out because uh, like even if you have like an official library of components from caleb and you have some open source ones and whatever like there's still just gonna be weird stuff that is more complicated than normal people want to build yeah um, for sure so having some more of those like as it expands into heavier use cases and where people are willing to pay money for solutions, I'd like to see more of that. I think like Velo has one. Um I think he does, yeah. Yeah, where that does a couple things along those lines. Like it does like a command K type menu and uh -huh. yep. things like that. Um where maybe he was like almost a little ahead of the curve. So I think hopefully he stays with that because I think if like like the curve's gonna catch up to him on on mm -hmm. that and then uh it could be good. Yeah. I want Philo to get rich. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's my here's my take. I used to yeah. be I used to be big inertia, mm -hmm. um, and now I'm big Livewire. You got him. Real you got good. me. You got me. Woo. It's just uh, it's easier, in my opinion. Yep. It's um, I don't know. It's less it's less complicated, and I know that 
I know that the um, so inertia has been like somewhat adopted by Laravel, you know, LLC, the company. Right. Um, I don't know if there's inertia dot Laravel dot com. Like there's livewire dot Laravel. So. I think I it's still its own inertia JS dot com site. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still inertia. So here's here's my here's my take on inertia. Um, I think inertia is awesome. If if you want to stay in JavaScript land, like if you need a linear style app where everything is like a JavaScript component, right. you're going to use inertia for that. I wish I wish inertia was a little bit more Laravel specific. Yeah, because the you know, the party line is inertia is complete. Like inertia is complete. Right. We're not working on it. We don't need to work on it because inertia is complete. But then you go and you look at the issues and it's like I've opened a few issues about like inertia with uh, Vue.js. And it's like, I mean, it is complete, but there are still things like I don't think modals. I don't think modals exist in inertia. Yeah, that you can't do modals uh, or and, not. It, it's tricky anyway. Yeah, like modal routes don't exist. Um, and that was promised, you know, years ago. And there's another one about like named slots i was when i was building something i was trying to use named slots with inertia and it's like ah we don't support that and so i feel a little bit like oh man this is you know while respecting that the protocol is is feature complete i feel a little bit like this is kind of it's over like i want to see somebody pushing on the view side or the laravel side or something i I can't speak to like the rails or the react side what they've got going on there but i just felt like the laravel view story was a little bit uh stagnating i do feel like is that terrible you're... should should no, i edit that I out is I mean, that mean like, i mean that's the i started using it I, the next generation help spot was an inertia app and then like like eh, it's just not like there's yeah, just too many of those like problems and then it's hard to like build such a foundational element on something that you know is never going to be worked on again so yeah. like it's hard. Like, I feel like there's just, I mean, there are issues, open issues in the repo, right? And like, so presumably, uh, even if half of them are bogus, like half of them right. are probably not bogus. And I'm going to hit those things someday. And I'm going to know that there is no fix ever coming. Right. Um, yeah. And yes, I can fork it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, that's, I'm not doing like, that. Well, yeah, well, well, I mean, it's such that. a like, deeply I, core I, thing. Do too. I have it's time like, for that? Yeah. So, I mean, and then the whole rest of the ecosystem, like, it's like, I think it's an unfortunate place for it to have that set up because it's like view there's stuff going on and react there's tons of stuff going on and laravel there's tons of stuff going on so like on the front and the back it's like oh man it's like full steam ahead but then the thing that talks between them right is never going to get updated ever again and it's like right oh, man like i don't know like is that even how realistic is that like is that it doesn't seem realistic to me that that's possible so i mean again like maybe it won't be possible and then they'll be like yeah we're gonna fix it and make it better and put some resources into it and i know laravel is like expanding here lately and so maybe they'll have more people to even right, do that yeah. but still it does feel like a bit of a weird spot to depend on something that you know is at least the stated position is they're not going to work on anymore so right to me definitely like a pretty big downside and then uh, yeah i do find livewire much simpler overall there are definitely some gotchas but i mean that's true with all this yeah. stuff so it's hard to be like that's not like a huge ding on it. Um, and I, I also think it's going to be an area, I think we talked about this before, but where it's going to get better over the coming year where like there'll be more dev tools around it and more, yes. you know, Caleb mm-hmm. wants to do some stuff where maybe it's a little easier to see exactly what's going on without having to try to like manually like look at the messages going back and forth and right. figure out what's up uh, in that way, uh, visualize it a bit more. So I think especially once I we feel have like, that I stuff, feel like Livewire 3 is just, 
is just cooking, man. Yeah. Like that, that was the big turning point for me. It was Lightwire 3. Three is huge. Yep. Yep. Three is huge. Yeah. So much stuff changed. And like all the stuff when you do have to do weird stuff, like how the Livewire components talk to each other and be nested and stuff, like all that stuff got a lot better. All the networking of it got a lot better, you know, for like these real world uses where you actually do have a lot of data and it is a big app. And um, it's not just like, you know, I think it started out a little more like, hey, one you have this one widget on your screen that's like right. needs to do something reactive and so just use live wire and you drop it in there and it's just that one thing and it's simple but when you have like the whole app is those things like obviously it's much more complicated um so yeah so i think that's really they put a ton of work into improving that and kill of yeah. course especially and uh so yeah i think it's like really paid off and the spa mode i mean if you haven't tried the spa mode or you haven't tried live wire since they added that actually humongous change um that really kind of revolutionizes it i mean it is just as fast as react now it's like instantaneous crazy and uh wild and our boy dhh he's stealing stuff from livewire because that's I what know. they just added to turbo they're like oh let's let's do this mode where when you hover and it goes and gets it i don't even use the hover mode currently in the livewire um setup but but yeah so um Livewire, great. I'm not a it. hater. I'm not a hater. You're, Sorry, you're, Taylor. Man. It's not a versus. I'm not a hater. No, no. Just, I don't you know? hate her show, but I think it's just, you know, what you like. I mean, obviously, I'll, I think both of us are not like super JavaScript oriented people to begin with. Nah. So that's also like, inertia is obviously forcing you down the like, yes, the entire front of your application is going to be JavaScript. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's also we are, it's not, it's our default state to prefer Livewire, I think, especially now that we got you in there a little bit. And yeah, got me. Crazy. I can't wait now. We get these babies settled down. We get all the other stuff settled down. We get you some time to do some real hacking when you can get yep. back on the computer. Then, then we're going to have some hot live wire takes, some feisty It's live over wire for you all. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> when it gets back in the ring, forget about it. You're all in trouble. That's right. Oh, man. All right. What else? We want to do this? D- DTOs? I don't know. Is this going to be too, is this too heavy for you? I, yeah, I don't have much on DTOs. Do you have a lot yeah. on DTOs? I mean, I I've been in them a lot lately, so I have a little bit, a little bit on them. All right, so tell tell me, we can save it. Tell me your DTOs. No, tell me what what are we what are we at right now? We're well, it's it's sort of interesting because it's coming around a little bit too. Because um, the other thing Caleb talked about today, I think I think he put a video out on it, or maybe just talked about the newsletter. I didn't get that far with it, but he's talking about um, basically he added DTOs to okay. Livewire with, but he calls them the form objects. Um. Give us, give so, us a 101 on, on DTOs for the uninitiated. So it's a data transfer object. And so it's basically just a way to have this object that's like a plain PHP object in theory, although there's the, the Spotsy one is a little different than that. But um, where it lets, so you just have a way to like transfer data around your app in a safer and cleaner uh, way. So like whether it's coming in from a form that, turns into one of these DTOs and then your internal code expects the DTO and then can operate off that data. And the DTO maybe transforms the data if it needs to, it validates the data, um, things like that. So you kind of have this layer between the users and your internal code or, and then it also works the other direction um, where you have stuff internally, like maybe an API, right? And you want to send something out of the app, like you're going to transform your eloquent model into a dto and then you're going to have a nicer easily jsonable um object that you can send back out 
and so instead, instead of, of passing around arrays with all these magic keys that you just kind of have to like as the developer just like know that these keys are going to exist or not yep. you pass the magic array into a dto the dto validates a bunch of stuff and turns them into like class properties that then your ide can and like actually use and get autocomplete and that kind of stuff yeah you get that kind of stuff too yep um the things i really like about it um it is a different way of thinking and it has tripped me up a little bit from just like oh because obviously laravel will do a bunch of stuff for you like you can just return the model and like it'll do something reasonable with it and stuff like that um but i do really like uh that you always know exactly what's in the dto so like i'm never going to send something out of the app that I don't want to be exposed because like there just yeah. simply is no password in the DTO. Like I don't have to worry about if I like remember the guarded or fillable or whatever way you want to handle that stuff. Like doesn't matter because I'm never yep. sending anything out of the app from the model directly. It's always going to be turned to a DTO first. Um, and then that's clean. And then the reverse too, like I'm never being sent something in where somebody's going to send in something tricky or pass something I don't expect that gets past my security because it's always going to be a DTO first. So I know what I'm getting in and I will only like ever it. contain those things. Um, and then also so you, push, is, you push all the, you push all the unknowns to the boundary. And then once yes. it's in your app, you're, you're safe. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. And then the other part that's super annoying to me in app development is just like validation rules. Cause it's like, you have all these different mm -hmm. places, like you could use form requests, but then sometimes you have to validate things other places. And like the form request right. doesn't really, I don't know, maybe it's some way to hackily make it work there, but it's not like designed to work there, right? And so it's yeah. like, well, maybe I'll put the validation rules like in the models. And then I guess that's okay, but that's kind of weird in its own way. And like, yep. so this also gives like the nice place for the validation rules. It's like the DTO is, has all the validation rules. And so it's validating everything. Um, and then if I I'll need, I'm using this in all the different places. So everywhere I would need validation, like the DTO is handling it. Um, so I, I find that super nice because like just the one spot to look for validation rules always instead of having it in multiple spots or coming up with weird convoluted uh, things like that. Um, so yeah, so the what I've been using is Laravel Data, which is the Spatsy. I always say their name wrong, but I think it's Spatsy package. Spatsy. Um, and uh, which is really awesome package it is sort of insane uh, because it just is it's like a lot does, of magic. It does a lot of uh, tons of magic. Yeah. There's tons of like, it does way more than what I just described. Yep. Like it can make type TypeScript definitions yes. for your JavaScript cool if you're front in, end. If you're into that. Cool. <laughs> if you're into that, it's cool. If you're a sick um, freak. <laughs> which is like, again, like once you have defined the data coming in and out of your app, like you can do other magical sort of things. Cause it's like, well, now I have this information very structured yeah. and like I can create TypeScript definitions or I can, um, you know, transform it in different ways and things like that. So. It does a lot um, because it does so much. Like the docs are a little bit tricky. It's, a, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's some heavy reading when you read. It's, yep. it's definitely one you want to read front to back. You want the Aaron yep. model. You got to don't just mm -hmm. read the two pages you think you need because like you need more than the two pages. Um, so it's a little bit of heavy lifting there. But like once you're in there, it is very nice. And it does do a lot of things for you that you will ultimately want to do. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I just wanted to mostly bring it up. Um, there are some tricky bits when you're using it for like forms and with Livewire, which it does handle with Livewire, but it's like you get past IDs for things, but then you have to kind of transform those into the actual items and whatever. It's going to be too hard to talk about probably <laughs> on a podcast, but um, there are, there, it does, it takes a little bit of work on your mental model and some 
trickery. Uh, trickery is not the right word, but just there's some steps you have to take to make it work, I think, for, for you. Um, a little bit of time in there, but so far I'm really digging it. Uh, so I wanted to give a shout out to the DTOs and like a feels like such a real programming thing. See, I don't get a lot of chance I know, to do real yeah. programming with patterns. You're, you're mega brain. Things like that. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I, I don't know any patterns. Like I couldn't name you another pattern probably, but uh, there we go. I got a pattern. I kind of dig it. Got a pattern. So Got your programmer card. Yeah, you're yeah. you're 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 big proper programmer these days, and I'm I'm here oh, for it. I dig it. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, this Old this DTO thing is interesting. It's like a whole nother it's like a whole nother entity. You know, you've got models, yeah. you've got controllers, you've got you know migrations, and now you've got DTOs. Yeah, it's like that's interesting. It's it, not it something is, I I have done a lot of. It is this weird world now too, where like. I don't really have controllers uh, in a sense because uh, I'm using Livewire full page components. Yeah. And so it all just gets passed into Livewire. So it's like, it is obviously like sort of a controller, but it's not like I have a controller where I'm then calling stuff directly in the controller. I'm doing stuff in the Livewire component. So there is like this bit of a weird world there. Um, and yeah, this is also partially because like, again, like I do know this domain really well. It's like, I know the security mm-hmm. stuff around it pretty well. So it's like pretty straightforward in theory to kind of model it although it is it is, does get interesting when you have like these deep bigger data objects where it's like a more central part of your app and like there's these other data objects that make up your bigger data object and how that all works together um, it's just turtles all the way down yeah that it's all the turtles all the way down but then it's like kind of awesome because it's like well this, here's the thing where i know every piece in this has been validated i know every piece in this is in the format that um and a safe right. format to send back to the user so it is super awesome that way um, to just have that there, uh, just to use in that way. And then we're using it with these front end frameworks, whether even with Livewire, it's like, I don't want to pass stuff back in the Livewire um, calls that would expose things that I don't want exposed. And so it's like, yep, I just like pass the DTO around. It's got all the data. I know it's all safe and nice and wrapped up. So, yep. Pretty cool. I think everybody runs into this at some point when you have like a, a model or an action or a request or something where the user can initiate it from a form, the user can initiate it from an API request, you can run it from a job or CLI command, yep. or the user can bulk import it. And you're like, all right, this this thing this thing can enter my application four separate places. Yep. Where am I going to put the validation for all of this? And you end up making up, I think I've done a poor man's DTO and made, made up stuff like that right. because it's right. like, I'm, I got to centralize it. I can't have the importer using yeah. its own set of validation rules versus you know form. you're gonna mess that up like at yes. some point you know <laughs> like that's a totally. guaranteed bug in the future yes so you you hate that when you do those things that's like oh, i know for sure this is gonna be a bug in a year like and i'm not gonna remember this thing. ahead baby <laughs> i just gotta do it though <laughs> i am i am actively writing legacy code right now exactly <laughs> exactly that is what's crazy with like um how I'm approaching this like next generation help spot stuff. Cause it's like, I'm just super taking my time and it's just going to take forever. And I'm just okay with that. And it's like, I'm going to figure out the ETOs. I'm just going to spend the time to do it. And that's just going to be the way it is. Sounds awesome. And it'll be fine or it won't be, but it'll probably be fine. And, uh, probably do it that way. Yeah. Probably be fine. I mean, we still have customers buying the current help spot. So it's not like a mega rush and there's 8 million competitors already. So we're not going to beat anybody to anything. Like it's what a a life of, what a life of leisure. Uh, it doesn't feel quite like a life of leisure, but yeah, I'm trying it to approach sounds it like more a life of leisure. I'm trying to make because like, my instinct is to like, of course, like anybody, be like, I want to get this out. I don't want to work on it forever. You get bored of working right. on it. You get annoyed at working on it, whatever. 
like oh, just chill it's gonna be all right. all right anyway what else you got i got i got one more i got uh okay. i got non-technical uh Good. i am on i'm on two cups max of half calf coffee oh he's going he's and i gave it. up i gave up diet cokes weeks ago you gotta give up the diet yeah that's that's just good all around it's gone. that's just horrible that's yeah. terrible for you just in every way so that's good um the tiny wow, so the how- tiny light of joy in my life has gone out since giving up diet <laughs> so cokes it does but, feel like that when you give these things up yes that's true yeah um, it's just so man diet cokes they're so cold and they're so bubbly jeez they're just have great. you tried uh, a seltzer yeah i like seltzer do seltzer it's your not- replacement squeeze some juice in it keep it cold oh that's the lamest thing i've ever heard <laughs> squeeze some juice in oh, it. diet oh, coke man God. diet coke is especially bad diet version come on you have a coke have a diet coke, coke is great diet coke is the best the best soda possible i don't know about that unless you unless you have a functioning pancreas in which case dr pepper ice cold <laughs> dr pepper in fact, the pure cane sugar, so it's like the Mexican Coke, but mm. the Dr. Pepper version man, I is Dr. Pepper 20 years. Oh, I should, I should man. get a Dr. Pepper. It is the freaking best. I was just reading so, the great... Oh, go ahead. So anyway, Diet Cokes are gone, have been for a few weeks. I had been mm. cutting off coffee around you know noon or one, but yep. I was still having, you know, a giant latte every day along with you know two or three cups of half calf we brew half calf at home just because we like to drink coffee coffee. yeah so now i'm now i've cut out the latte altogether it's a decaf latte fully um if i get one it's fully decaf and i'm limited to to two two cups of half calf here at the house because the sleep man the sleep is not great sleep is so key the sleep is not great i'm waking i'm waking up two or three times a night just like wide awake yeah i mean you gotta watch that stuff man the sleep um um the other thing would be sleep apnea too if you want to go down that yeah um, path but i would definitely start with the caffeine cutting out yeah, i don't want to have sleep apnea can. so i'm not yeah. gonna look into oh, it right, that one more thing yeah but yeah that's the thing if you the sleep is like the foundation of everything as soon as the sleep goes everything else is shit like that's just the way yeah. it is because like even the things you have you're so much less resilient to them because like when you're tired you just get overwhelmed so much yep. easier and all that stuff and then obviously just stuff is actually worse because you're tired and things don't function in your body properly when you're you know when you have like that deep tired and you don't even necessarily know it's like you think you're operating fine until like you really realize no i'm not actually operating fine Um, i don't think i'm operating fine i've come home (laughs) from like wherever i've been and or i've been at home already and like crashed from one o'clock to like three thirty most right. days. I'm just like I cannot keep my eyes open. It's, yeah, if you're it's taking terrible. two hour naps, you know that it's probably not. Oh, it's so broken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you obviously have other factors, but um, but still, like you, you saw the night nurse. Is the night nurse still there or no? Ah, uh, Ian, this is the last week. Oh, so yeah, that's we don't like, have her. We don't have her tonight, but then we have her Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that's it. Yeah, that's a bummer. So I'm gonna say it'd be good to optimize those nights if you're getting full nights at least those nights, but you won't actually have her. So won't, you yeah, won't. Turn, turns still. out we ran ran out of money, and so yeah. <laughs> can't can't pay her you know a million dollars every night her. to come over yeah. to the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, she has another family coming up too. Actually, so yeah, that's the real reason. Um, well, how's it going so far with that? Have you noticed any changes or not yet? No, not yet. I started you know a few days ago. Yeah, it um, takes a so I bit. haven't really gotten there i think you know i think honestly the goal is to 
go full decaf at some point. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this, but you know, the decaf has calf. Like, I hate to tell you that, but it's true. Yeah, what's that? It's supposed to, it's in the name. It's all lies, man. Decaf. decaf D means calf. no. The decaf is full of calf. Like, it's less calf than full caffeine, but there's still a fair amount of caffeine. How much calf does a decaf have? It's if a got, decaf could have calf. Yeah, it's got more than you would want. It also depends, like, how they're doing it. Um, there's, like, the different ways. The one that's, like, less toxic to remove the caffeine lets through more caffeine, if I recall. Uh, you know, obviously. Um, the one that's, like, kind of more toxic does do a better job of removing caffeine. What, what, what do you mean toxic? Are they using, like, mercury to remove oh, yeah. it? Or what's going no, on it's here? It's, like, really actually horrible stuff to remove the caffeine from coffee. You, you, you probably don't want to look into that if you're thinking about drinking decaf I'm coffee. But right now. Benzene, I think they use something like that. Um, yeah, oh, isn't that like an industrial cleaner? Yeah, that's that's the, that's the stuff. Hey, um, hey, if it's good, if it's good enough for uh, if it's good for enough for manufacturing equipment, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for my liver. Um, okay, ca- how much caffeine is in decaf coffee? Decaffeination. This is this is from Google snippet, so I have a zero percent confidence in this. Sure. Decaffeination removes about ninety seven percent of the caffeine in coffee beans. A typical cup of decaf has about two milligrams of caffeine compared to regular, which has 95. <laughs> yeah, so still some, but it also depends again, like, uh, you know, where you get it. Are they testing? Yeah, this is like, they test it once and like, who knows the process? You know, I don't know. All that stuff. Very is, fuzzy. Is, is, it didn't is work nothing for me. sacred? Decaf it coffee has caffeine? It didn't work for me until I gave it up. I gave, I gave up, I had to give it up all decaf, <sighs> calf, the whole thing for it to like, for my sleep to get right. Um, but that's not true of everybody. I mean, there's definitely people who drink lots of caffeine and they sleep on or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think it's also one of those things where like, combined with stress and stuff like that, it, it's extra yeah. bad, you know, because like you get a little awake, you know, you're, you're not sleeping as deeply to begin with because the caffeine just takes that off a little bit. And then if you're super stressed, like when you do, you know, woken up you like then stay awake or you're thinking about stuff or whatever like yeah so it kind of builds there too but yeah caffeine man it's bad stuff i try to tell everybody nobody listens to me though but man everywhere you turn everywhere you turn they're trying <laughs> you to get anything. you you can't have anything you can't have anything, can't have anything. I when i was a kid when i was a kid you used to drink like six sodas run in a circle for an hour and then fall Mountain asleep Dew, for like 12 hours like, yeah, it was great sleep right through. do whatever you want i know terrible this is all all part of the horribleness of discovering that like you're the same person as a kid that you are as an adult but like the adult body you're in now is like doesn't perform the way the kid body did so now it's like that's like this it's a disaster symmetry there yeah it's a disaster it's not good like when you were 10 you were invincible i was invincible (laughs) one time one time i fell off the roof and i was totally fine oh my gosh i was i was invincible (laughs) i was out on the roof yeah, I did. I walked in the back door and was like, hey, guys, I fell off the roof. I was uh, I, we had a two story house and I lived, you know, my room was on the second story and I saw icicles out the window. So I climbed out the window, obviously, with a hockey what, stick, obviously. <laughs> and I was like scooting along under the eave where it wasn't mm. ice. And I was hitting I was hitting the icicles and watching them slide down the frozen roof and hearing that, them land on the awesome. porch yeah. below. It's totally awesome. Yeah. I, I can't do that today. It was totally awesome. And I got one foot outside of the the safe zone and slipped on the ice. So I'm sliding down the ice in in my underwear, wow. holding a hockey stick. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm about I'm about to fall on the porch upon which the icicles Holy are cow. shattering. And I think, you know what? 
the porch isn't that big. I bet if I just push off at the end, I could clear the porch. <laughs> and so I, I reach the end of the first story roof and I yeah. push off and oh I go right, ov- right over the porch into the grass, do a little what? tuck and roll and literally walk in the back door where my parents are sitting <laughs> on a Saturday morning in my underwear. And I'm like, hey, guys, I just fell off the roof. I'm going to go put some clothes on. <laughs> this is the craziest story I've ever heard. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're indestructible. You're Superman. I was. I was. Now, now, if you look at me sideways, I'll die. <laughs> Just the like speed of thought there. Your mind can't work that quick. Now. Oh man! Like how, no, how fast your mind chance. worked there. You know, it, yeah. you, probably, you probably like had like thirty minutes of time. It was like all slow motion. Yes. You're like okay. 100%. I was no in bullet problem. time for sure. Yeah, bullet yeah. time. I'm just gonna give a nice solid push as I leave. I'm gonna fly through yep. the air. It's gonna be no problem. Like now, you'd already be on. You'd be on the concrete yes. broken before you even before thought I even that knew I'm sliding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sliding. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm like, dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. So, not not what we used to be. Man, you were brave. I used to just uh, throw uh, a baseball at the uh, bicycles and watch them fall, but uh, I just, never got out there. That's just the most the kid thing in the world. Like there's yeah. some high schools. I'm gonna get a hockey stick and knock them off. Just think, you have four kids who are going to think that, way, that you have yeah. to have to uh, be worried about climbing out on your exactly. roof. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Four kids that are going to fall off the roof and walk in and be like, "Hey, Dad, I just fell off the roof." Like, oh my god! Just what? like you did as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, man. Yeah, right. well, that's, that's a good closure that's all there. I, got. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't think we can top that. We got to. We got to no, leave it there. Think so. Oh man! All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, MostlyTechnical.com. Make sure you subscribe, like, go to the YouTube. You can see this light on my face for the whole episode. Very cool. Um, Mostly Tech Pod. Give us feedback on Twitter there, as well as Mostly Technical Podcast at gmail.com for uh, feedback via email. And I slash we, the royal we, will read them. Have a good week.